When looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Well, excuse me! Looking for good ideas for life? You're far from good hands. Hey, bud, what's your problem? If you think the listener is always right, you're far from the right place. Out of order! Even in the future, nothing works! Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, but a rebel by choice. Are you threatening me? If you want a host that floats between love and madness, and we know the night is always gonna be here anyway. Thinking of you's working up my appetite, looking forward to a little afternoon delight. Then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. All right, guys, uh, listen to the blues riff and B. Watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? Warning, creators of this game do understand the subject matter may be offensive to some, but they do honor the families and people that have been affected by these real-life tragedies that these individuals have caused. Wanna play a game? Oh yeah! Lover of true crime? Yes, yes, yes. Well, we got an interesting game for you to check out. Wow. With the mashup of influences such as horror movies, collecting cards, and RPGs. What? Led to giving birth to an incredible creation of this game. Killers, the card game. You are all my children now. This game is a collectible trading card game featuring some of the most infamous killers with tidbits of trivia on the back of each card to help you learn some insight to each criminal. Who the hell are you? Let's not forget, during the game, cops will be chasing you and these criminals. I'm a cop, you idiot! However, check out their website listed through all social media today, which can be found under Killers, the card game. Am I on the internet? I want to play a game. Hi, my name is Herb Perez, 1992 Olympic gold medalist in the Olympic sport of Taekwondo. And it's my pleasure and honor to be with Crazy Train Radio and talking about my passion, my passion for the martial arts. I hope you all are well. Hey folks, it's your least favorite host in the podcast world, Croc, Jonathan Steele. Boy, do we have a good one for you today. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, looking forward to this one because 
I get to sit under a little bit of a learning tree again. So, you heard this next gentleman as part of a martial arts panel. And as we were just joking, he's doing real people stuff. Yeah, I'm glad I was able to catch him before he goes overseas for a few weeks. He, you probably best know him for being the 1992 gold medalist in Taekwondo for the U.S., Master Herb Perez. How are you, sir? sir. How you guys doing? No complaints on this end. So I guess I'll ask there. So you said you in our email exchanges that you are going to China. Is this for vacation or what is this for, if I may ask? Oh, just just a little family business. I had just come back from Korea um, this past couple of months. I first tested for my ninth Don um, black belt and uh, and then I passed and then I went back for a ceremony. They have a pretty neat ceremony. So I went back for that for a little bit and um, had some meetings over there. My China trip is actually some family things, but while I'm there, I'm trying to meet with uh, one of my former friends, coach, uh, current friend, former teammates, and former coach, Dae Sung Lee, because he's been living in China for quite some time and is building some programs over there. So I'm looking forward to talking to him about his progress and what he's been up to. Well, that is definitely good. And I wish you nothing but a successful and fun trip for that. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. And you know, I was doing a little ho- homework here because obviously I know of your martial arts background and such, but I was impressed because we know everything online is true that you went to Rutgers Law School. Was that in Camden or New Brunswick? I went. My sister Ruck, works there. Ruck, yeah, Rutgers Newark. So they uh, they have two law school campuses. One is on um, in Newark, and one is in. Uh, in New Brunswick, in Camden, actually. And so I were, I was yeah. at the Newark one because it was closest one to me. We did a f- handful of classes in um, in the Camden one, and we usually did those. Be- this is before Zoom, but they had teleconferencing, believe it or not. So you would end up teleconferencing into it. And so it was pretty neat, but great school, great constitutional law program. And uh, I was really happy with the education, although I chose not to practice law. Um, I think it was an amazing education and built on my philosophy degree. Okay. Well, well, you mentioned it there, but obviously there's all different types of law and stuff. And even though you're not practicing, was it constitutional law that you studied? I studied, you study a pretty broad range of stuff. I decided to focus a little bit on constitutional law because that was my interest and also on international because I thought that I would end up in international law of some sort or sport law. And so I was going to intern for the U.S. Olympic Committee and then try to do some other stuff with it. But I got caught up in the TV show at that same time and then got caught up in some other stuff that just didn't let that occur. So I really can't complain. It was a nice diversion, nice uh, change from my career that I had in mind. But um, it didn't. I didn't end up practicing, um, and I'm kind of glad I didn't. I thought it was a great education, but I think it would have been a little uh, mundane and not the best use of my skill set, perhaps. What was the education I was reading about with uh, did the Olympic team 
set you up with, I believe it was in France. So, yeah. So the next thing was I was um, selected for a scholarship. I had been working in the movement for some time. I was on the board of directors. And so they targeted me as a guy who might be a future leader in the movement. So um, I was able to um, get a scholarship to do my master's of sport administration it's technically it's called an executive masters of um, sport organization management so you study um, how to run a nonprofit, uh, how to work inside those organizations that service sport and that includes everything from building mission statements to all the other stuff that kind of goes along with that and so um, I was fortunate I did my studies in France in I did the Asian uh section so i was in cairo kuwait qatar and then you do your uh another section in france in lyon so and switzerland so i i was pretty much uh i got a chance to visit a lot of places and spend a few weeks in each and and do my studies in addition to in addition well, to um uh um another study that i did with the international olympic committee which was um I did the Olympic Academy with, uh, in Greece, so that was um, that was pretty interesting as well. So it was the International Olympic Academy, and that was they have two versions: one is for athletes, and then another is for uh, professionals. And I did the one for athletes. Well, I'm going to intertwine both personal, professional, and everything else as we go along here. But as we say all that. Are you surprised when you think about it up to this point that just wandering into that Taekwondo school in New York City would have eventually led you to where you are now with all the experiences? I think, you know, I speak about this often about kids and opportunities and what you do with those opportunities when you're faced with those moments. And so, um, and I just recently did a, I do a life skills series for my students every month, or every week depending on the month. And I just did one on inspiration and fire. And so um, inspiration in my mind is what causes you to do something. And then fire is the thing that causes you to continue to do it despite um, the circumstances surrounding it. So I really had an inspiration to learn self-defense because I lived in a very tough area. And then I had a fire of not wanting to be poor. And like having no interest in being poor. So I did Taekwondo as a vehicle to help me understand what I would need to do so that I wasn't a victim physically and I wasn't a victim economically. And so that's, I, I can't say that I'm not surprised at the outcome of my success because I'm surprised because all I really started was to do Taekwondo to be successful. And then I liked fighting and winning. On the other hand of it, though, understanding what Taekwondo does as a transformation, a transformational vehicle for people, then I really can't say that um, I'm surprised at the outcome because Taekwondo really is a transformational vehicle. It will help you literally do anything that you want to do with it if you are patient enough to continue to do it. I think the one thing that I am surprised at, though, is the um the level of what i was able to do i don't think that i thought that i would be able to 
win at that level um, like I did. I thought there would come a point where I just couldn't pass it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was the case. And, and so every time I won something or I didn't win something, I was like, well, maybe this will be the one I don't win. You know what I mean? And then I ended up winning it. So I'm like, oh, okay. So that's not the case. So it's a, it's a, it's a mixed bag. You don't really know what you're going to end up with. And so I was, I guess I was lucky in that sense. And you know, it's funny because you told me this during the panel, but also I've heard you say in other outlets and stuff that you told the instructor at that school that your mom was downstairs the whole bit you went down signed the form oh yeah oh that, yeah that yeah. whole thing yeah, yeah so yeah. what did your yeah. what did your parents actually think when you said oh by the way i'm gonna try this out they didn't know they they had no idea they <laughs> didn't they didn't they had no idea they they i didn't tell them till i started competing and went winning and then my mom was um happy that i was winning and uh but they had no no idea zero idea so um, yeah. i was lucky in that sense that they were um they were able to do that at one one and one and so they didn't have any idea that i was doing it so they didn't have any idea thank you sir thank you i'm, I'm buying my future here i always <laughs> i figure if i i can i can win the olympics i can win a lottery maybe that'll be the cap to my story and then i'll die a a day later but i (laughs) i tell the story about my mom because you know my my biggest happiness was bringing home my trophies to her you know i mean that was it so like i would um take great pride in going to a tournament and bringing back trophies for her and she liked the trophies right so she was like you know happy there was a point where i wasn't making a ton of money with a kid and so she would actually give me the money to compete and i'd take that money and go compete and bring back a trophy and back then it was um maybe um 15 or and then it went up to 25 dollars. so i felt like the need to make sure that i won because she was you know paying for it so you know it was interesting an interesting thing so got to make sure she's getting her money's worth damn it exactly <laughs> now it's funny that you know and i have friends i think i mentioned to you that deal with different disciplines whether it be weapons disciplines different martial arts and such right and across the platform it always or across the board i should say it always seems like the values taught during one's training is pretty similar whether it be patience determination perseverance would you agree with that kind of uh thought process i was asking so it seems like a lot of the values that one would learn in any form of martial art whether it be patience determination perseverance things like that are very similar would you agree with that whether it's taekwondo or any other discipline I don't think the martial art matters, you know, so what I, you know, what I've told people for the longest time is, you know, I think it matters that you practice. I don't think it matters what you practice. So I think, you know, if you practice Kung Fu, Wushu, Pushu, whatever you practice, you know, Taekwondo, Money Do, whatever, it doesn't matter. 
So it, as long as you do the practice and you, if you're taught the right way and you train the right way, then it's all going to make sense. If you don't, then it's not going to make sense. Does that make sense? No, it does. Because it was funny. I was, I don't know. I'm trying to think it, it doesn't matter at this point where, when it was, but I, I can't think of from when we did the panel to when I was out in San Jose area right. and we were, I ended up in some of the lessons and stuff, which was great to learn a different style, but right. I was thinking from stuff that I was taught previously. So what's that from your perspective? Like uh, if people try to bring the different philosophies to apply what you're being taught at that moment, if that makes sense. I, I, I think it, I think it, I think it all works out. I don't think the philosophies matter as much as the, um, as the way you approach the subject matter. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So like, I think it matters how you, how you approach it. I'm trying to figure out this, well, how much air I have to put in this tire. I have no idea. I'm laughing because I can't figure out how much air you put in this tire. Checking the inside of the door, depending on the vehicle. No, you know what it is? I changed the tires. So I oh, okay. like got right. these big monster tires and I got like a low tire air warning, but I can't figure out how much air. And it doesn't look like I need air, but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. And folks, this is the real life stuff we were talking about as I know, we started, right? So no, it's fine. Yeah, we keep it. I'm trying as, to figure out like I'm laughing at myself because I you know, I can't figure out how much air I need in a tire. Master Perez, uh, you you are a better man than me because I, I would be the same boat. I'm not, you know, handy that way. So you're yeah. one step ahead of me. <laughs> oh, so go ahead, from, I'm listening. Yeah. So you know, obviously, you've had so many different awards. You six-time national team captain. You've been a three-time Pan American champion, executive committee member, gold medalist, uh, Taekwondo Hall of Fame in 88, Black Belt Magazine Hall of Fame, the whole nine yards. Is there a certain award that really hits you right in the heart the most or you're most proud of? I, I think winning, you know, I think, you know, what I always tell people about that, I, you know, was I was fortunate enough to win the um, Olympic thing. And I think that that was the one thing that I won, that when I won it, I was like, it mattered. And I, and I can't, I can't stress that enough because that was such a different experience, such a different um such a different thing and when I won it I was like I didn't I, I didn't know what to I didn't know what to expect from it and I was fortunate to I had won I had won the world championships I had won the Pan Am games I had won you know Pan Am Taekwondo I've been national champion for so many years and then I had won the collegiates. I had won everything that was win the, what what there was to win in the sport. And so then I and when I won the world championships, I beat Korea. And when I beat Korea, um, it was weird, right? Because I really expected it to be more meaningful or impactful, and it really wasn't. It was like just something. 
So when I actually won the Olympic, it was, it was, I was surprised at my, um, I was surprised at my um, reaction because it was like, I cried. I was, um, you know, all, all of the things that you would think you would have is emotionally. When I won the world cup though, I didn't have that. I was, you know, I was just like, okay, it didn't really seem to matter if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And it was a really weird thing. Cause I called master Kim and I was like, Hey, I won, you know? And he's like, oh. I said, no, I won. You don't understand. I won. And he's like, Oh, I said, I beat <laughs> Korea. I'm the first person I ever beat Korea. And he's like, Oh, see you when you get home. So it was really weird. The reception you get after winning in the Olympics is so much different. It's so much, uh, so much better, so much more. It, just going to the Olympics is what I tell people. So I, I guess because people, they when, when they, they hear you're an Olympian or you go to the Olympics, then all of a sudden they don't even ask you what color medal, right? So it's a really weird and different experience is what I would say. And so um, that's, that's I, I would say, the Olympics. I mean, of monumental things in my life. First, obviously, my children being born. Um and then my family stuff. And then after that, probably winning the Olympics, getting into law school. I can remember things like that that seemed to matter a lot. Well, you know, it's funny. And I'll go back to the winning and losing in a second. Because would you say part of that, your emotional feeling of things there had to do with, mm-hmm. say, your maturity? Because you were 32 at the time you competed in the Olympics. Right. Because... Right. There's a lot of Olympians that are, you know, 16, 17, 18, early 20s, where right. you had lived some life at that point, and you were able to enjoy the moment because you were starting law school when you got back. But yeah. also, you had to, you you stayed focused, but you were able to relax and try some food and take in the experience, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that you get a freedom, which is good. And I think what I try to tell people is it takes a certain amount of understanding of what you need to do to compete. And and once you get to that level of understanding that it's really should just be fun and you really should enjoy the experience of being competitive, I think then it becomes a different adventure. And so for me, it was a different adventure in the sense that I was able to um, release myself to the fact this was my last competition, win or lose. And as such, all I had to do was perform. So perform at the level you want to perform at, have fun, make it uh, meaningful, make it good. And then um, the rest will work itself out. When you get that sort of freedom, you know, where you can have the freedom to win and lose and then just enjoy the experiences when you truly then have something that matters. And until you get to that level of freedom, then, you know, it's a different world. Um, I, I went to the Olympics. I enjoyed every moment of it. I relaxed. I had fun. I looked at videotapes in the library of the other guys I was fighting. I ate paella on the beach. I trained as hard as I could. And so when I went into the arena, that was just the end of the adventure. And, Mm -hmm. Being the end of the adventure, it had a great outcome. Not everybody had the same outcome, obviously. Um, but I was fortunate in that I did have a decent outcome. And 
So my story is good. There are a lot of guys that didn't have the outcome. A lot of my teammates that didn't have the outcome they wanted. Um, so I, I imagine that would be different. But the good news is that I always take that in a humble sense. I don't look at it as anything else other than what it was. And so um, it's it's fun that all it was was that, that and nothing more. Totally understand that. So would you say the most stressful thing about that would be being team captain? Because obviously you were a liaison between the – your teammates yeah. and the coaches and everything. Else oh yeah. Yeah. On. No, I had a couple of, I had a couple of run-ins with coaches. You know, I have a lot of respect for my coaches, but you know, I had a lot of run-ins with the coaches cause I was, you know, I wasn't going to put up with what we used to put up in the past, which was um, do whatever they say, no matter what the impact was going to be on your performance. So I got to a point where if the coach was asking us to do something that I didn't think was going to be helpful to be as an athlete or the team, I kind of halfway did it. I did it like as enthusiastic as I could, but, and I can remember there was this one instance where my friend who I'm actually going to see in China said to me, Hey, you know, you better blow. And I was like, don't say anything else to me. You say anything else to me. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> and so he said something <laughs> else and I left. I'm like, nah, man, I ain't doing it. I'm not putting up with, um, I'm not doing it. So I took off for the day. I went to, um, I went to, uh, relax i went on a bike ride i watched videos of the fights i had a fight i went to the and every time they saw me i would run away like they'd see me and they're like oh there he is and um i was like yeah there i am but you know i'm not i'm not gonna be uh you know i'm not i'm not gonna be doing what you guys want to do yeah I, I, leave me alone you know what i mean and so the guy was um yeah uh, he came to my room later that night and i'm like i'm here to win i'm not here to to uh to uh do anything else and so as such you know just leave me alone let me do what i do and so uh we always joke about that story because he had been on teams with me before and he had been uh captain of teams i was on he had been coaches of teams i was on so he was familiar with my how shall i put it my antics you know and so uh you know as such it was what it was yeah, you would think he'd be familiar at that point with how you operate it. Well, you know, he should have understood that I was not going to put up with, you know, I was there to win. And so if I'm there yeah. to win, you know, I'm I'm already there to do what I'm supposed to do. So don't don't add any drama or stress to it because I'm going to do what yeah. I'm going to do. And um, as such, let me do what I'm going to do. And. I'm, you know, I'm not going to do anything that's not, you know, not what I wanted, not what I was this thing doing. <laughs> thing I'm, doing. I'm trying to figure out how it works. There's something else. I don't want to lose air. Yeah, we can't do that. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how it. I guess you gotta. What do I do? I press that. Oh, two dollars. They want money, of course. <laughs> not allowed to shocker. They're not. They're not allowed to charge for air in California. But I'll pay. <laughs> Shocker, folks. And error occurred. Please try again. Is there a thing here? So, yeah, anyway. In California, you're not allowed to charge for error. I could point that out to him, but. <laughs> and this is coming from a former city councilman and mayor of Foster City, folks. Yeah. So I think it's. I want to say it's working now. All right, let's see if it's working now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm listening. Okay, now, 
we good work we working yeah i think so I'm sorry. all right so <laughs> give a little blow of your own to make sure we're good to go but what was i was reading because i know like i said everything online is true what was this yeah. thing apparently later on down the road that there was a scoring discrepancy and whatnot um there was a scoring there was a there was uh for me or for someone else uh you you were arguing it wasn't for you competing but you were there as, right. as part of the committee or coaching if yeah. i read that right yep and it was a they were cheating as they usually do and then uh man this thing i can't figure it out let me go to another one this okay was, this was non this was not good <laughs> that was weird oh <laughs> let me see something came off let me put it back on yeah let me see why it came off go ahead so it was at the uh, world championships and they had okay. a uh they had a thing where let me see if i can screw this back on looks like it just came off oh boy boy vague. yeah all right. And it was uh for Steven Lopez. And I think it just broke. That would be bad if that's the case. Triple so, A, where are you when we need you? <laughs> exactly. I think I'm gonna just put this cap on and leave it like that rather than try to figure it out. But it looks like it broke off. All right. Hopefully the, um, you didn't strip it. Dude, no, I don't think so. It's not working. So then uh, Stephen, they had kind of cheated on Stephen. And um, I was like, you can't. He had, you know, in fairness to the other athlete, they had. Um, it was a sudden death match against Spain in Spain. They had decided. Uh, the match was decided by one kick and Stephen. um kicked the guy in the butt and they saw it on the tape. And so they were like, the crowd was booing and all this sort of stuff. And according to the rules, they can't change that outcome. So they can't, um, they can't change the outcome of a match based on something they see on video. And it was on a big jumbotron. So everybody in Spain saw it, not just, you know, Kind of like an instant replay deal. Oh, yeah. But the entire stadium. But the rules don't allow it to be changed. And so he had actually kicked them, you know, pretty straightforward right in the butt. Like, no doubt in the butt. And um, I was like, well, yeah, that's not good. And I told him, I said, you know, you can... um, you can do nothing about it. Like you can, uh, you know, just leave it like that and not, not do anything about it. Like, cause they can't, they can't force you to take a, a loss. Right. And I said, or you can fight them again and fight the point again and win or lose. You'll be the most famous player in the history of the sport. Um, 
And so that's up to you. Me, I would probably fight him again this way. If you beat him again, which I think you can for one point, then you'll go down in history as the most famous player in the history of sport. Or if you lose, you'll be the greatest sportsman in sports. So either way, when or lose, you're still, you know, the guy, right? Um, but the rules didn't allow it to be changed regardless. So we ended up uh, preventing them from breaking the rules and cheating. And we were in Spain at the World Championship. So that's the, uh, that was the whole the whole point of this, the thing. So unfortunate. Yeah. So two more questions on the sport. And yeah. first one is you were apparently challenged to help rebuild the Afghan Olympic sports program. Obviously yes. after, I think it was like 2003, 2004. So what was that like when they uh, called you and said, Hey, we think you can be the guy to help reestablish everything. I mean, I was honored that they would consider me for that uh, level of involvement. And as such, um, I, you know, we went, it was literally after the war, we had to go to Afghanistan. We went, um, you know, and it was devastating. I mean, the people were in, you know, just in disrepair and there's all sorts of stuff going on. It was horrible. And, uh, but they were passionate about sports. So, you know, I felt lucky, you know, honored to be involved at that level and uh, really just, you know, honored that they, they, they considered us to, um, to help. And so um, we sent, identified a couple of athletes and sent them all to um, Korea to train. And then they ended up winning a bronze medal at the world, uh, the Asian games that year. Well, speaking of teaching, and I think it's only appropriate to get the plug in here, you have the Gold Medal Martial Arts Center in Foster City. So right. what do you, mm-hmm. what do you focus on? And I know obviously Taekwondo, but what is your goal for students that come in? Are you a competitive school or is it, how would you describe it? No, we teach life skills. I mean, we want the students to do well. We want them to do well in life. And so our main focus is to make sure our students are doing well in life and developing as people rather than um, just competitors. So we do teach competitive athletes. And we had, you know, a seminar this weekend when one of my friends, an Olympic coach, she's been the Olympic coach of the U.S., of Mexico and Brazil, Juan Moreno. So we do provide, you know, that kind of level of um, training. Uh, But on the other side of it, you know, we are focused on uh, developing kids who are going to be great citizens, not just great athletes. Okay. You know, I was just thinking about it because I was on the phone with a friend the other day from L.A. who's a weapons expert and all that stuff, martial artist. And he's got a lot of... Where's many hats, I should say. And I'm curious to know, because I'd be, I kick myself if I didn't ask you, have you had any experience with a judo Jean LaBelle? Uh, no, he worked with Century for a bit. And, you know, he's, he's uh, world famous and notorious for his ability to do what he does. So I have the utmost respect. He was an amazing martial artist and well respected among his peers. 
So yeah, no, I'm well aware. Okay. Yeah, because the joke we were joking on the phone, me and my buddy, who's also in the Black Belt Hall of Fame. Uh, he he said when he got the right. award, uh, judo uh, judo Jean calls him up because kid, you're my hero, <laughs> which is you know a huge compliment. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, he's obvious reasons. He's, everybody that I know respects him, and they, you yes. know they say he was a guy that um, they portrayed in that movie with Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. And the last question for you is: I noticed snooping around online you are a guitar guy so what do you uh, prefer playing and is there a style of music you enjoy playing when you play oh i i play i've been playing i do more guitar than i did taekwondo probably but i just uh i still play and i play for i played for a couple of bands out this way i played when i was younger and some pretty big bands that made a bunch of money and opened for twisted sister and stuff so I play it. My favorite guitar player is Jeff Beck. So that's my uh, preferred style, you know, Jeff Beck for sure. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm a I'm a rock guy, but I, I play jazz now. I play all sorts of stuff. I mean, I, I love music. And to this day, I still love it and still play a bunch of it. And music can certainly be everybody's. It brings everybody together internationally. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I will obviously put a link to the school, Gold Medal Martial Arts Center. But Master Herb Perez, thank you so much for the time. Thank you for everything. I'll, I'll see you guys when I get back home. Absolutely. Hey there, Friday fans. We know how much you enjoy the movies. Enjoy grabbing your Friday merchandise and interacting with the Friday family, whether it be at conventions or during our particular watch-alongs. Well, when you're looking to get yourself masks, why not check out our friends over at Camp Blood Customs out of New York State and order your specific custom mask from any of the films. All orders are made specifically. Your needs and wants are. Make sure you find Camp Blood Customs on Facebook, Instagram, and all over social media and order yours today. Anthony DeLongis, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio.